0: So, all of you joining us tonight or today or in the morning or to, all, to everybody that's joining us all over the world Welcome to the next episode of Veterinary Ramblings So, so yes, yeah, st- start the show after we've started rambling
1: We've rambled for about half an hour already folks, <sighs> we're well into it
0: Yeah, you can bless your cotton socks and feel really grateful that the, uh, the production team have cut it all So you just join us at this point in time so I'll raise a glass to our production team. Thank you very much indeed. On behalf so, of all of our listeners, having not had to put look, put up with the previous half an hour. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Ho. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. So, we've got a guest tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really excited about tonight's guest. I know, I know I'm always excited about our guests. because They're always brilliant. But here's a guest who... Has literally come back from the grave just to be on Veterinary Ramblings.
0: Indeed, indeed. We uh, this this particular guest was due to be starring and recording stuff uh, for you all. Um, I think it was probably about ten weeks ago, and we'd got it all set up and everything was ready to go, and they just disappeared off the scene completely.
1: We thought it was something we'd said.
0: Well, I was sure it was something you'd said. Usually, usually is. <laughs> usually would be um but uh, we will we will ask her more about this
1: we shall indeed
0: um a lady who particularly likes fast cars and old men no old things
1: old things old things That's old right, old, things old, old thing.
0: thing i don't think she likes old men i mean
1: uh, she, i put the i put my special shirts on and everything
0: well, I can see that but never mind yeah and lovely flowery shirt and lots of bright colors now and I'm, I'm wearing
1: my rabbit skin underpants because she likes that doesn't she
0: I don't think Joe would be very keen on that because.
1: Hold, hold on, is, I look at her bio.
0: Yeah, Joe is particularly into animal welfare.
1: She's a vegan, absolutely.
0: She's a vegan. She's into animal welfare. She has strong interests in in rabbits, and in fact, it was uh, that's how I first met her. I'd known about Joe for a long time, but she They're invited off now. me to. She invited me to speak at the Advanced Rabbit Anesthesia Conference. Um, I did. A, I did a couple of experiments, including one on dead space uh, live um, to illustrate the, the importance of dead space and um, what I did was nearly kill my volunteer live on stage demonstrating the importance and the significance of dead space um, we'll ask, mm. I'll ask her about that maybe in, in a minute
1: we shall we shall I can see she's true. in the waiting room it's Joe Hind it is Joe indeed Jo Hind let's get her in
0: ex-president of the BVNA
1: None indeed other.
0: So, let's get her in, and here's Joe! Here's Joe! Hi! Hiya, Joe, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you. You? Yeah?
0: Excellent, thank you very much indeed. Julian and I were just rambling on, as we, as we all want to do. And, we uh, do that. Surely not. He said that you're into old men, and I corrected him and said you're into old things. <laughs> that, that's that's the goodwood festival of speed and antiques and stuff that you particularly enjoy is it not
2: yeah absolutely it's um fast cars is the thing um mm. you may say fast men but i'm yet to catch any but uh but yeah fast cars so the goodwood festival of speed is um it's a bit of a passion of mine i do enjoy um going to that and seeing that so. are you are you a member I'm not a member. I was actually on the waiting list to be a member for four years, um, to to join the GRRC, um, the Goodwood Road Racing Club or or whatever it is. Um, And and then (laughs) it came through at a very inopportune time that I made it to the top of the list when I could no longer play that game anymore. So, um, unfortunately, not a member. But... Never mind. One can hope. But maybe I'm he'll... a
1: member. I'll sneak you in sometime.
2: Oh well, you would be, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's not what you know; it's who you know. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> are, you, are you
0: really a member? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, for, for our American, for that? our American viewers and listeners, the, the Goodwood Festival of Speed is there's a an aerodrome with a motor racing circuit running around the outside of it, and uh, good old Stately home, Goodwood House, in the grounds, and every year. They put on two. Well, they do two main events, don't they? Mm. Well, they, they do two Final two huge well.
1: ones. There's the um, yeah the revival where you revival. have to get dressed up in ludicrously old clothes. So I just get whatever's uh, at the back of the wardrobe, Like <laughs> my, my 1930s collection.
0: Yeah, and then there's the Festival of Speed, which is more of a more of a racing environment, is it not, Joe?
2: It is, yeah. So they have um, a lot of different paddocks. Um, it's a very unique event, actually, because there's very few um, red ropes and barriers. So usually you can get right up close to all of the cars. There's F1 cars, um, there's motorbikes, there's old things, new things. Um, there's brand new supercar paddock is where I hang out. That's my my favourite is in there, over there. Uh, and all the drivers and a lot of the owners as well. And it's a real kind of hands-on um wow. event and there's an auction in the house as well um which is really nice to to attend the auction and see some real prize pieces going up for sale so, but, it's, so um, and you've uh,
1: got to be very careful to fold your arms yes
2: absolutely like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't have a scratch <laughs> have
0: you got your 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 sights set on um i'm taking over from supercar blondie
2: oh my goodness i mean <sighs> I, as if i could fill those <laughs> shoes <laughs> I don't so have the uh, the dimensions, shall we say, to fit that role. <laughs> what,
1: what's your favourite car? If someone were to say, look, here's, here's a supercar.
2: Uh, Nissan you. GTR Nismo Edition. Mm. That is my favourite. Oh, right. Which um, I
1: believe maybe be, uh, is it Jeremy Clarkson's or the hamster's?
2: Oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I can't imagine it would be Clarkson's, but he's not that keen on Japanese, is he? But do you
1: know? Do you know? I think, I think, oddly enough, it's James May's favourite.
2: Oh, Captain Slow. Well. There goes my street cred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Julian. Right, uh, we're right. done with this now, aren't we? Have, we, have
1: uh, you driven yeah, one? So, yeah.
2: Uh, no not yet um sat in a few but but not driven i'm late to driving actually i've only been driving six years right so um yeah yeah i've always been chauffeured which has been lovely and i've not had to drive
1: (laughs) very nice my favorite my absolute fave would be an e-type jag now they're not as fast classy they're buggers to start sometimes so i've heard but i drove one once around around uh, goodwood all of those um, driving experiences, yeah. and it was absolutely amazing, absolutely incredible.
2: Super. And the noise from them. I think it's oh. like this this revolution of electric vehicles. I mean, we need it. I'm a big mm. fan of it for the, for the environment. However, it's such a loss to to lose those engine notes, um, yeah. and it's not the same when it's piped in as music um it's uh it's and you can pick which if <laughs> you drive a tester and you can pick which engine notes you want and you think that's just really? well, yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah you can get it to sound like a Robin Reliant if you want <laughs> you
2: awesome yep yeah. <laughs> oh I've got
1: yeah.
0: oh I didn't I didn't realize
1: that yeah well, all pretty...
2: you need to do Mike is you just need to put a cd in your car and you can play you can have whatever you want <laughs>
1: It's a far cry <laughs> does, from my um,
0: does the engine note change as you speed up and slow down. Does it actually?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's supposedly completely um recreate. It's just mapping it really, and mm. and and you pick which car you want to sound like. So yeah, yeah. well, not you personally. Obviously, you don't sit there going.
1: <laughs> well, well, I I do. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't. But but what I used to do, I used to have a two CV. So this is you know, way way ago. Um, it's a 2CV, and i drive it to college up in uh, Potter's Bar. i drive up on the Monday morning and drive down on the Friday night on the on the M25. And the thing about a 2CV is that they're brilliant cars, absolutely amazing uh, gearboxes, but they're not very robust. You can't, you can't lock them properly. So, uh-huh. well, Or at least I couldn't lock mine. So I didn't have a stereo, because I, I, I had a stereo and I bought it, and it got nicked, and I got another one, and it got nicked that night. So I thought after that, I'm not going to bother with the stereo. So what I did was I had um, one of those harmonica holders, and I stuck it around my neck, so I could play the harmonica while I was driving along. See, fair enough. And it was all okay until I was driving back on the M25 one night, much, much like tonight, where it's it's peeing down, Uh, and my windscreen wiper often didn't work. So I was perched on the very front of of my seat, holding the steering wheel, leaning out of the window with my squeegee wiping the the windscreen. I'm playing a little song on the harmonica. And I suddenly noticed this sort of flashing light in my uh, in my lateral vision. I looked over and there was this policeman matching my speed. He, <laughs> he was going very, very slowly on the M25. And he just looked at me and went.
2: Oh dear. Pulled me up. He
1: said, he said, I, I have no words for how stupid that is. Sir. <laughs> just promise me you'll leave the M25 now and never ever gets on against
2: these. <laughs> See, that's why you've always got to keep emergency string, because you can tie the string on the wipers and just do this. And then from inside the car. I should have done. You need Touching a nurse's Yeah. I have been in a car and had to do that. And luckily, I was only the passenger, not the driver. But, um, yeah, it was a thing. The joys <laughs> of Alfa Romeos that definitely don't like the UK and definitely don't like the rain.
1: They love rust.
2: They do love rust. Love rust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think
1: we've pretty much done cars to death, haven't we? Bearing in mind it's veterinary ramblings, not motor ramblings. Uh, I apologise. We have
0: already, on numerous occasions, been compared to the the Top Gear boys.
2: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say who is who. I'm not going to go there.
1: <laughs> we're, we're twins the, separated at birth with the same. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the
0: current Top Gear guys either.
1: So, you're. you're you're into rabbits in a bit of a way aren't you joe
2: i am rather keen on a, on a bunny or two absolutely yes it's been a passion of mine my entire life really i i had them as a as a small child um thought it was wrong as a very small child why is it kept in this this tiny hutch so dad diligently went and and made a non-small hutch for it to, to live in this kind of, you know, castle and we did the best we could. And obviously we fed it musy food and did all the things that that you're not supposed to. Um, mm-hmm. And there wasn't vaccinations and, and neuterings and things back then, but um, life evolves. And yeah, so there's, there's always been a passion for rabbits. And when I got into the veterinary side of things, because again, I always wanted to be a veterinary nurse, but when I left college, um, I couldn't afford to take minimum wage. I needed some some extra money to help the family out. And so I went into my more normal work and did some other bits and pieces and mm. some diversifications. And when I finally could afford to get into veterinary, um, nobody wanted to do rabbits um, because they just died and everyone was scared of them. I thought, that's the species for me. So, um, so yeah, that's how that came about and tried to champion them ever since, really.
0: I, w- I was explaining to Julian how, how we first met, that you very kindly asked me to speak at the, uh, at the anaesthesia conference for. Yeah. And um, how, uh, how I nearly killed my volunteer doing a live um, dead space
2: uh, <laughs> experiment. Brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. If only we had it on video. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You've got the point across that too much dead space can be
2: dangerous. Absolutely. Too much dead space can lead to dead. Yeah, okay. absolutely. absolutely yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you say you've championed the cause of rabbits, and I think you you really have. And and um, and you've been, to some extent, recognised for that, haven't you? You, you were awarded the, the Blue Cross Veterinary Nurse of the Year in 2014. Yeah. Very, very high accolade. Uh, the RCBS Innovation Award in 2017, and the same year, the uh, the i four animal advocates award, so yes. congratulations, Joe. Really, really well deserved. And um, what a what a feather in the cap for veterinary oh, nursing, and right, for you particularly.
0: What, what, what are you drinking tonight, then, Joe?
2: Oh, I have very exciting cherry cordial and and uh, soda water. So sadly, uh, ill health has meant less bubbles in my life, which is which is really not a good thing. But, um, so yes, yeah, so I'm I'm on the softs, but uh, but no, the 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 awards. Um, it still doesn't kind of feel right. Um, it, you know, you I just feel like I'm I'm doing my job and living my life and and just trying to you know raise standards of welfare through education. Really, that that's kind mm-hmm. of my thing, and. Um, I think, you know, when you are in a position where you can reach more people, so being a veterinary nurse, for example, you get to speak to a lot of owners. I, I do think we have a duty, certainly a moral duty at least, to to impart as much education and wisdom as we, po- as we possibly can. And it's not about trying to make people mini vets or trying to make owners self-sufficient without vets it's just if we empower them with the tools that we've got to to try and help understand uh, do body condition scoring and understand how to do weight clinics at home in conjunction with your your weight nurse um we are effectively building communication, building trust with our clients, um, and then we're seeing these animals in a better condition. They're not going as mm. far, so we can we can help more um, just by spreading a, a bit of information. And it's not releasing trade secrets and and all these sorts of things. It's just you know sharing the information and and mm. just really helping. So
1: absolutely, because believe it or not, vets and nurses actually want pets to be healthy.
2: I know, revelationary. It's, Who knew? It's not
1: thinking, oh, no, if we, if they do this, they won't get ill. We won't make any money. We love healthy animals.
2: Absolutely. And that's, that's why endless. we do our job. You know, we want them to be healthy. That's why we're so keen on preventative medicine. Mm. uh. And uh, and certainly in my rabbit world, you know, we're so keen on husbandry because that really is the cornerstone to health. So so pushing through with that. And that's not just owner education. That's trying to change government and legislation and what can be sold and what can't be sold and uh, minimum sizes for enclosures and all these different things are all mm. part of this jigsaw yeah. that that kind of need to be tackled to um, to improve uh the the awareness and the uh, and by doing that we improve the welfare
0: there was there was quite a campaign last year wasn't there on um size and companionship um, yes yeah mm. yeah
2: uh, absolutely, and as the BVA, we we were very happy to sign up to that joint statement by uh, with the BVA with regards to companionship in rabbits and how important it is. Mm. Um, and and we are, if we look back even over the last ten years, rabbit health has really come on leaps and bounds, or hops, should we say? But it really it really has. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Too much time with Mike.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, Julian does the jokes.
2: Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it it really has, you know, come on well. And um, when you think back 10 years ago and we were talking about muesli mix and how rabbits should eat a pellet, not a muesli, and rabbits should eat hay and, you know, and Mm. now we're having conversations about... um, urinary issues and bladder sludge as commonplace first things that owners are, are saying on forums so we really have come a long way there's a lot of work still to do mm. but um but we're definitely coming a long way and the PDSA poor report is, is testament to that as well and something I'm very very keen advocate of um and the results of of the of the most recent um trending because they're coming up to to uh, their 10-year uh, anniversary of the poor report and uh there's some really good stats in there as well looking at how things are getting better but there's hmm. there's still work to do
0: what are the key points that we should be looking at to to improve rabbit welfare in uh,
2: I think it's um I think it's as I say multifaceted so I think even though we work in the veterinary sphere I think we need to look at the owner um I nearly said owner penetration then that is not what I meant
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's a different sort of rabbit actually isn't
2: it whole other... different sponsor <laughs>
1: yeah
2: <laughs> um yes we, we need to look at owner engagement um as well as um as well as what we do within clinic and outside of clinic um so I think again husbandry really is so important and mm. getting that right um uh, and so we need pre-purchase appointments which uh, it's a devil's own job to try and get pre-purchase appointments for for a, a prized item, such as a cat and a dog, let alone rabbits, that yeah. often are, yeah. are picked up on a whim. Um, so I think we need to do a lot of education there. Um, we have a big uh, problem, well... Uh, yeah, problem, actually, I'm going to stick by that, within the veterinary field, that we're not taught enough about rabbits as we, qual- as we train yeah. as vets and nurses. Mm. Um, we generally, depending on which university you go to, we have very little training, rabbit-specific training, but they're the third most popular pet in the UK. Um, yeah, so- well, I,
1: I agree. I, I qualified 24 years ago. Um, we had, in my training, we had one day yeah. on rabbit medicine. In in the five year course, yeah, uh, and you're expected then from from day one graduation to be able to treat them adequately. Uh, I have to say, I, I've I've been on many courses since then and uh, read around the subjects and gained a lot of experience. Um, but I will still be happy to refer uh, rabbits for more complex procedures onto specialists. And I think that's that's a very underutilized tool yeah. in the veterinary field as well, isn't it? That the, the acknowledgement that rabbits have specialist nurses specialist vets,
2: yeah.
1: because they they have specialities
2: yes very much so and they're i mean the main thing is they're a prey species not a predator and we're used to dealing with mm-hmm. predators um and we're taught in general how to deal with predators apart from if you're talking about large animals and you know hoofstock and things but um you know our whole body language our whole way of working everything needs to change for these prey species and uh, and yeah we, we just don't talk enough we don't communicate enough and I find in the the exotics world um, we're a lot um, happier to to share our opinions and to I can pick up the phone and I can speak to a rabbit specialist like this um, and vice versa they you know a a normal clinician uh, run-of-the-mill GP clinician can can go through referrals or they can there are some you know, there's some tame exotic vets out there that are more than happy to, to take mm. emails and, and calls about, oh, my God, I've got this. What do I do? Um, and I think we're, we're better at doing that in the exotic side of things than, than we are in the mainstream cats and dogs, really. Oh. Um, but I think more, I'd like to see more veterinary teams do that. I'd like to see them um, <laughs> open a book more. Um, yeah. Be honest to the client and say, actually, do you know what? I don't know I really don't know however I will find out for you mm. um, and that can be within a matter of minutes or that could be a matter of weeks but either way just be honest with the client and go do you know what I'm happy to see Flopsy but it's not my area of expertise you know I can give pain relief I can give the emergency treatment that we we need to get you through whilst I get um, information from another colleague uh, and mm. also so I'm a nurse I'm not allowed to diagnose um, however I have uh, a lot of rabbit knowledge um, I teach all sorts of uh, rabbit things including surgeries that I'm not allowed to actually do myself But I teach vets how to do them or students how to do them um, and I think we need to remember that team cohesiveness and go actually there may be someone on that team that is a nutrition specialist or we're not allowed to be a specialist a nutrition expert or um, a rabbit expert or a diabetes expert uh, and again use that whole team and go okay I might be the vet, but actually, let's have a clinical discussion about this and see the best thing we can do for our patients.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You 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 own and run a company called Lego Learn, don't you, Jack? I do indeed. What what was what was the motivation behind Lego Learn, and and what what are you aiming to achieve with it?
2: So Lego Learn was twofold. Um, One, uh, um, as I said, I always wanted to be a veterinary nurse. Right. Got my dream. Struggled through my training, had an, had an awful training practice, a terrible clinical coach, um, had some health. I had a motorbike accident during that. So I was in a wheelchair with a busted up leg for, for some of it. So it was a real slog trying to, trying to get through my training, got through my training. Brilliant. Um, few years into that uh going on a home euthanasia visit of a a 32 kilo labrador and a vet refuses to help me lift said dead dog back to the car um going through the house as nicely as you can pop goes a, a disc in my spine um roll on 12 years now or something like that and um i've had four spinal operations and still waiting for for a final one to fuse through my vertebrae um and so basically at one point I woke up in the morning and I was paralyzed from the waist down because I'd gone into full-on quadriplegia. um so so that was a bit of a wake-up call and no more bending or lifting thus forth so that does not make for a very good or useful veterinary nurse <clears throat> so what the bloody hell do I do I've just got you know the job I want so I thought right let's diversify I'm not going to give up because I'm, I'm not one for giving up and I thought what can I do I thought, well. Those that can do, those that can't teach. So I'll go and teach. That's, that's what I'll do. <laughs> and uh, and so obviously my 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 wheelhouse is rabbits. I found a, a tame vet that's worked, that was willing to to come in with it into it with me. And it's uh, I work with Ivan Crotaz, who isn't a certified specialist. However, he has an, a wealth of, of rabbit knowledge, and we we talked together internationally on a few different lectures and things. And he, we just come up one day and we said, what are we doing? you know, let's do this together and let's make it a thing. So, so thus, Lego Learn was born. And basically we, we do teach or until the Rona came to town. We do teach um, uh, face-to-face globally ar- around the world. And its aim is just to bring up-to-date factual and useful rabbit medicine tips, excuse me, and surgical tips um, to veterinary staff, uh, anyone that wants to learn. So if you work on reception, you can come to a surgery course. We don't care because we see the importance of everybody understanding what's going on. So, for example, and another reason for taking that stance is as a nurse, um, there were many large organization uh cpd events that i wished to attend that i was not allowed to attend because i was not a vet um and i said well can i can i pay it and just stay to the side and not do the practicals no you can't Mm -hmm. um whereas in my mind if a nurse is allowed to learn what's going on with that surgery then that nurse is going to know where the potential points are for um Increased analgesia is going to be needed, uh, even though they're not doing the wobbly bit surgery themselves. You know, everybody understands a bit more what's going on, so I th- mm. I think there's value. And if you want to learn, we'll teach you. So- you know,
1: that, that's you're absolutely right. And um, the I, I'm I'm involved with, with the BSAVA as as I've mentioned a lot of times before, as as you, as you know, Joe. Um, and we're we're trying to uh, put together the um, the program for the congress 2021 which is going to be virtual uh, and we we've very much taken the decision that all lectures should be team appropriate they're not really these are vet lectures these are nurse lectures is these are team appropriate and there's a huge amount uh, as you say of crossover cross training almost um uh, the, the the vet could do an absolutely brilliant job of surgery on a on a dead rabbit because he hasn't spotted the signs that he could have used to alert the nurse to, to, to deterioration.
2: Yeah, Similarly, absolutely. The, the
1: nurse could do an absolutely fantastic job of monitoring an anaesthetic, uh, but not appropriate perhaps to that surgery. Uh, so there's got to be an integrative approach.
2: Mm. Very much so. And one of the things that we've been doing is Lego Learn is. We we teach together, so Ivan and I will often teach together, and we've moved that through because we're sponsored by Supreme Fat Foods, and we've moved that through to uh, lectures as well. So at BSAVA twice now, I think we've done, and what we term an it takes two lecture, mm-hmm. and it's usually Molly Varga and myself, and um, and we had one today actually that sadly I, I've not been well enough to, to do. I was due to do with Molly, but her nurse Craig stepped in and did it today, and they did an amazing job. Um, but um, Yeah, so it's the it takes two. And basically, you have the nurse and the vet presenting at the same time on the front of the screen. So you go through rabbit dentistry, or stasis, or whatever the case may be. um, And you, you do both things together so the you know the vet says their bit the nurse says their bit and again it just brings this cohesiveness of actually how you do need to have clinical discussions it's not just um, you know this one person does this and someone else does that uh, and, and it's good yep. to learn as well and, and I had this um, for a few years now I've run a lecture on holistic anesthesia and I've 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 done it in multiple places around the world which has been amazing um however if I was to call the course husbandry or the talk husbandry I would just get nurses and Mm -hmm. when I changed it to holistic anesthesia then I got vets attending and I got vets attending and telling me multiple times do you know what this is all stuff that I never knew I don't want to know, but I need to know and thank you because actually it's very beneficial moving forward. And mm. I think that's another thing we've got to remember that we do need to be clever with our marketing as well. so as much as we can offer these things, we've got to be clever and entice stubborn vets and stubborn nurses and stubborn you know ANAs and receptionists in to, yeah. to try and learn stuff that they don't think they, they need to know mm. and they maybe don't want to know, but it's actually really important to, to the whole. The whole thing. I like
1: that. That's really nice. Cheers, everyone. Oh, cheers, cheers, cheers Julian. Cheers.
2: cheers. I'll just sit and have my, you know, yeah. aid. Well, <laughs> we'll we'll drink
0: for you. We'll we drink for you jo. Thanks,
2: thanks. That has been done before, so yeah. <laughs> You're very
0: welcome. You, you mentioned that you um, you crashed out on a lecture today because um because you wanted to appear with us this evening.
2: Thank you absolutely. very much. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. <laughs> I was I was saying in the introduction how um how we we'd got you booked it seems like a lifetime ago and you were you were just about ready to join us on the show and and do a recording and then you just disappeared
2: yes poof just like just like bad magic it it seemed
0: like and it took several weeks before I was able to catch up with you and to find out that you were actually seriously ill in hospital
2: Yes, it's been uh, it's been emotional, as as one film would would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been a real roller coaster, actually. I had a very very simple um, procedure to have a, um, a contraceptive coil put in. <laughs> really oversharing, but there we go. And uh, I was one of the one in fifteen hundred, I think, that it perforated my uterus. And it was, it's a known side effect, but very, very rare. And things just spiraled and and got worse and worse. So the clip notes version is that I ended up with pelvic infection, which went to peritonitis, which led to, I had a pneumococcal infection in my bladder. I had silent pneumonia, two of my lower lung lobes collapsed. Um, I had to have emergency surgery because we didn't know what was going to kill me first, the, uh, the sepsis. Um, or the uh, actual operation to, to kind of take the, the pus out of my abdomen. So I was starved for three days while my my chances of survival went from 30% to 40% to 50%. We went, right, 50%, we'll do this, we'll, we'll give it a go. Um, they, wow. took, uh, they took 800 mils of pus out of my abdomen and uh, stitched me back up sent me back upstairs and then um, I went into septic shock and so uh tried to die again which is rather rude three times in in total my body decided it was gonna it had enough and I'm just too stubborn and held on um and it all resulted it finally it ended um with me being on multiple drugs I mean I ended up I was on four different types of IV antibiotics plus oral antibiotics Um, Some days I was taking 28 tablets three times a day, as well as IV medicines, um, exceptionally poorly, and um, ended up in a psychotic episode break for for three days as well. So the sepsis was trying to get to my brain, and my body had two choices. It could either go into a coma, or it could go into a psychotic break and, and have lots of Audio, audio and um, visual hallucinations. And unfortunately, it chose the the psychotic break, which <laughs> I would have actually chosen the coma over because it was the most <laughs> horrific thing I've ever had in my life. I've never been so scared um, mm-hmm. in all of my life. Uh, part of my psychosis was that people were trying to kill me and the and the doctors and nurses were, were trying to kill me as well. So Gosh. in that setting, that can then be very difficult to trust anybody. Yeah. Um, All of this happened whilst I was on holiday uh, down in in lovely Dartmouth. So I was taken to Torbay Hospital, where the staff were amazing. But again, due to the Rona being in town, no visits, um, and my family all had to leave five days later as well because we'd only had kind of a a week's holiday booked. So Mm. I was all on my lonesome for for three weeks um, in the hospital. So, yeah, it's been been quite horrific. Um, I've been exceptionally poorly. I'm still exceptionally poorly, even though I won't actually accept that I'm exceptionally poorly. Um, And I'm I'm suffering from a lot of um, complications and side effects from the sepsis um, Mm -hmm. and the operation. So part of that is I have quite a lot of gastric ulcers and gastritis and colitis. Um, So that makes eating um, and moving generally uh, Mm -hmm. exceptionally painful. Um, and limited pain relief as well i do not have multimodal analgesia i mean where is my lidocaine cri god damn it (laughs) yeah yeah, gosh um so so yeah and it's a long recovery as well so we're looking at at least six months um and it can be it can be years for for some of these things to what um,
0: what, can i I ask because i've come across um i I knew virtually nothing about sepsis Mm. um and Mm. it it's, it comes up quite often in, um, in respiratory physiology. And a lot of work is done in, in ventilation and ventilator parameters for life support for patients with sepsis. But, but I've always taken that from the, the, the research. Sepsis, yeah, this is where it's useful and this is where we need to know and we need to know how to support Um, lung tissue and support the thing but I've always viewed it as a a ventilator ventilatory respiratory thing and the sepsis is sort of tagged on at the side that that was my knowledge of of sepsis and my exposure to it what what about you Julian I mean what was uh
1: we we were told simply at the college sepsis or or, um, or septicemia leading to septicemic or uh, septic shock yep. um, was uh, either a primary event where you get uh, a bug going directly into the bloodstream, or, or more usually a, a secondary event, a complication of of a, 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 an infection elsewhere that, that, that travels to the bloodstream. Uh, and this is you know, 24 years ago, as I said, when I studied, and we were told, um, "I'm afraid, really, there's not a lot you can do for sepsis." Uh, because from sepsis you get uh, disseminated intravascular coagulation, mm. DIC, and, death is coming. and the, the, the the joke was then it was it was called death is coming, DIC, yeah. death is coming, yeah. because you know one, once you got that nothing you can do. There must be something whoa, you could you could try streptokinase or you could try stegantox. Do you remember stegantox, Joe? Were you? No, you're not old. are not, not enough to do Not one for one. me, I'm do afraid.
2: I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm there with the halothane, you know, but I'm not quite yeah.
1: there. <laughs> so Stegantox was a mix of uh, of antibodies raised against uh, I think twelve or so of the of the common suspects, the usual suspects uh, in in toxemia.
2: Wow! Because
1: it's not necessarily the bacteria, but it's the toxins the bacteria produce that that, that cause the problems. Uh, and so you, you, you give them an injection of the antibodies uh, against these, uh, these toxins and, and, they're, and they're fine again. Uh, they're not in practice because what happens is you've got a decreased renal perfusion and you get glomerulonephritis quite rapidly due to these antibody uh, antigen complex formations within the uh, bloodstream. So uh, Stegantox was eventually taken off for, for, for those reasons and, and for the fact it didn't seem to do much good. Not a harm, not much good
0: so was this was this, yeah. common, was this similar for you joe before you actually contracted
2: yeah i um i always thought sepsis and septicemia were the same thing um right. and basically i thought it was blood poisoning and septicemia is blood poisoning septicemia is
1: um Se- sepsis septi- is not yeah. Yeah. so
2: the the clinical definition i've since learned from the uk sepsis trust who are a quite an amazing resource um I've since learned from them that there are red flags and basically you have two or more concurrent infections plus yeah. one organ that is starting to fail and then you are clinically considered to to have sepsis yeah. and that can then spiral up. You can have three, four, five concurrent infections and multiple organ failures.
1: Absolutely, but um, it, it has to fulfil those three basic criteria first yeah. called sepsis. So absolutely, uh, and se- it, and it's- septotoxemic shock I think is, is, is the...
2: Yeah, and the, sure. Sure. Uh, and the sure. problem then is,
1: yep, nice. the, the the big problem, yeah. of course, is that um, it leads to failure of of organs, and so um,
2: yeah. Uh, And literally, you've got a golden hour, um, which mine, unfortunately, was missed. Um, I wasn't, my, my when the ambulance arrived um, to come and collect me, because as you do, uh, as veterinary professional, you think, well, I can't be that bad. They told me to expect some, some, like, a bad period pain. So there's me in agony and, uh, you know, but thinking, well, it can't be that bad. I'm not going to waste anybody's time. Uh, and, And the ambulance crew turn up and say, you're two hours off of a coma. And you go, oh okay but um but i wasn't actually diagnosed with sepsis um for the first week really um so so and so my therapy wasn't started as quickly as it could um mm. but this is not that's no detriment to the hospital that's just a thing with sepsis and um yeah i think we suffer from it in the veterinary field as well you go looking for that one thing um and because Mm. i had a reason to be there i had this coil implanted therefore it must be something to do with that and that only you you get blinded by the one thing when actually again it's this multifactorial uh thing that's going on so So
0: this this slide is from the sepsis trust which is the organization you've just mentioned there joe
2: yes thank you so
1: you're you're showing a a poster there from the uk sepsis Trust. Uh, do, you to, do you want to talk us through that, that poster, Mike?
2: Me,
0: I don't feel qualified. I think, I mean,
2: <laughs> Joe, jo, give it a G- go. I'll give it a go. We've so, yeah. here yeah. that
0: survived the survived and is still suffering. Yeah. It's obviously not a it's it's a, it's not a on your poorly, off your better thing. This is going to drag on for a long time for Joe. Um, yeah, potentially.
2: Um, and, and I think there's a statistic I read from the Sepsis Trust because I've done the, again I've done the typical thing of reading lots of information about it. Only factual information, not kind of just Dr Google and, and chat rooms. Um but but it's, it's it's really scary stuff. 50% of people never go back to to normal after wow. having sepsis and I'm just thankful I wasn't normal before. So I mean, it <laughs> should be all right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah there's long-term cognitive issues there's long-term muscle issues um for example you know lots of people lose limbs thankfully i have all of mine um but but it's picking up these 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 signs early um and you can get slightly different um sign red flag warnings for children as well and these posters are perfect I think for any workplace to to just be aware of any friends or family just be aware of you know because and that's why since coming out of hospital I've shared my story very publicly and quite graphically uh and very cringeworthily for me I'm kind of hiding behind my keyboard as I type this stuff but just the thought, if I can help one person ask their medical profession, is there professional, is there any chance this is sepsis, that mm-hmm. could save their life or their limb or, you know. So things like having slurred speech, um, I, had, I had all of these things at home, well, on holiday at the cottage we were at, um, but, but just didn't, didn't pick up on it. Um, The extreme shivering and muscle pain. I felt like I had really, really bad flu. You know, flu where you've got that 50 pound test, that 50 pound notes on the end of the bed Mm. and you can't even reach to get it because you feel so poorly. Um, Mm. uh, uh, No passing of urine or very reduced passing of urine. And the breathlessness I put down to pain because my whole abdomen was in severe pain. And, of course, that pushes on your diaphragm, and that means you can't breathe well anyway. Hmm. So, again, a little bit of medical knowledge in my brain is going, well, I'm only breathless because I'm in pain hmm. and can't be that serious. Um, I personally didn't feel like I might die at that point. Um, after that, I did quite a few I was times. Just say,
0: by the sound of it, there were, you went through quite a few days where yeah.
1: you got yeah.
2: Yes, yes, there was. Yeah, there was three times when um, when this the, the one of the consultants came to see me uh, on three separate occasions and said, do you want to ring your family? Do you want to have those phone calls that, you know, kind of it might be the last chance to have those those phone calls. Um, that's a strange position, strange as well, yeah. because you you kind of. You also want to protect your loved ones. So you don't, so you do ring them and you do have these conversations, but you don't say, I'm ringing you. It might be the last time I speak to you because, you know, I'm going to theatre or, uh, I mean, I see you or this, this, and this. And you, you kind of hide things from them to, to shield them. Um, and mottled skin. I didn't have mottled skin, but I was quite uh, exceptionally pale, but flushed oh, in the face and, and blue things. And, and there's a thing called um, post sepsis syndrome PSS which right. I'm I'm officially in uh and it, and it, it is a term it, it's not a well-recognized term within doctors again it's something that I'm trying to raise awareness of that it's not like a broken leg or a heart attack that you just have the treatment and then generally get better this is something where you do have to change your life um for quite some time possibly the rest of it to, to kind of deal with it and, and get around things. So, um, and, that's,
1: and that's all really related to the the impact that, that these these toxins, this this endotoxic state has on potentially every single organ of your body.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because your body basically attacks itself and, and it chews at anything and everything because it's overrun with bacteria and it can't see good mm-hmm. from bad. Um, and so, yeah, every organ gets it. So thankfully as yet we don't think I have any kidney damage um, which I'm very very thankful for um and my um there is a bit of damage to my lungs certainly my right lung uh, was the worst collapsed and um my I wasn't my my SPO2 was averaging at 88 um and that was even with with um supplementation so i was very close to having to go on a ventilator but again too stubborn and uh and saying just you know up the flow rate we'll be fine <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't want Would the you're... disease of being attached to a ventilator yeah quite, quite.
2: you know i've yeah. seen what these people with ventilators do so
1: <laughs> you don't want to be on a ventilator if you nail it can you
2: no absolutely not absolutely wow. not so oh, wow. yeah it's been it's,
1: it's bit so, bit so pleased you made it through i mean my goodness what a
2: thank you
1: <laughs> thing to happen um and and thanks so much for sharing your, your story with us about that i know you must have um, dragged up and continue to drag up horrific memories to, to do that but i think as you say if it if listening to this helps just one person
2: yeah, abs- absolutely. Just just be aware. Just have a look on the website. Have a look at the UK Sepsis Trust. Just just see those red flags. Um, and if your child, your mother, your brother, your sister, your friend, your colleague is unwell. And I think certainly in veterinary, um, you know, we're getting bitten and scratched all the time. This must be an underbelly of, of sepsis survivors within our own community. And, and mm-hmm. I've had a little bit of a poke around on, on the social media forums on Facebook. Um, and, and a few people have come forward and said, yes, you know, I've been through it as well. And I, you know, I think we're probably one of those, um, no one knows why a person will go into sepsis or won't. There's -hmm. there's no underlying thing. It's not genetic. It's not, you know, there's no reason behind it. Um, However, I, I think because we are at, at a greater risk of, of having our you know our skin injured, then um, obviously we are at a greater risk of, of getting infections and getting unwell and I would be interested to to look and see actually how many people have been affected or know someone that's been affected um, and survived or, or not sadly through through um, through sepsis. Because um, it really is a hidden killer, and I think I can't remember the exact stats. They're on the website, but I think it's something like the sepsis kills in the UK more people per year than than a couple of the cancers combined. Uh, and you think how much we know about cancer and how much we're aware about that as a as a as a problem, and yet this is something that is just silently running around our our hospitals.
1: It's a horrific thing, and, and as you say, vets and, and nurses, anyone in the in the animal profession. Uh, we tend to be a bit gung ho, don't we? You yeah. can a cat, and you, gosh, you go and wash it. Ah, that's all right. That's ah, all right. Stop, a bit,
2: bit of iodine, and it'll be fine.
1: Right. Sorry, boys, now it's fine.
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: but, but actually, all, all of these things uh, need to be taken very seriously. Mm. Could, could I ask? And, and don't don't answer this if if you don't want to. But um, are you? Uh, do you take a stand now against IUDs? Do you, do you see no. that it wasn't that the risks were there but they were tiny and
2: yeah no absolutely not um i don't have a an issue against iud's um i i think they have their place in in treatments mine was purely for contraceptive reasons a lot of people need them for actual gynae health reasons um and uh i i've just a statistic i was just unlucky um mm. and, and that's just the way it goes um do I wish I'd never gone for it absolutely and in my remedial surgery did I say take it out take it out take it out then then yes it is it is gone it's left the building um which i'm'm I'm very that's curious. a
1: different question isn't it
2: yeah. absolutely but no i i definitely would i would never um I, I think I'm a bit too pragmatic for that. I'm not the sort of person that's going to scream and shout and say that there's a miscarriage of justice and that these items are not suitable to be on the market because absolutely that that's not the case. Um, we have risks with everything we do, um, everything we do to our bodies, put in them, take out of them. Um, that's just the way that the cookie crumbles. And unfortunately, um as I tend to in my life, if I'm going to do something, I'll go ahead and jolly well do it to the best of my ability. And apparently that, that goes for dying too.
0: <laughs> so so we're, we're not going to see you um, campaigning against... Um, IUDs outside the houses of parliament, waving backyards <laughs> shouting and screaming. I, I do
2: like to badger Parliament, shall we say, but not um but not for for against IUDs, no, absolutely not.
1: But, but I think I think we know what the response would be, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh we're, oh. We're, you're perfectly at uh, liberty to, to, to use these devices if you want, it's up to you. And you can use them. But but please if you if you do uh, wear an IUD. Uh, don't, 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 go, don't go to work uh, or our Castle unless you want to uh, and, and keep everyone safe thank you
0: <laughs> perfect perfect. who who let him in
1: I love wearing the wig it's great my head's warm when I wear it
0: So, so I'm, I'm going to share in. a couple more photographs I'm going to share my screen again here and share a couple more photographs because um you, you have been known to uh, to protest outside the Houses of Parliament, haven't you?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm i just showing yeah.
0: a photograph here of, of you holding a placard saying, skin test is inconclusive and out of date, not fit for purpose, hashtag wake up Defra. Um, and here's here's a photograph of lots of smartly dressed gentlemen, and you've picked the guy with the bright orange coat on and the shaggy white hair
2: absolutely that's one of his favorite rat coats that's you know that's how uh, brian, that's how he rolls
1: <laughs> sorry, could, could i just say that this is this is amazing there's a picture of um of joe uh outside the house of parliament somewhere outside the house of parliament
2: slightly further da- yeah slightly slightly further may. Da- yes yes brian wow. may that's him. Yep. i'm a i'm a big Fan of the Save Me Trust, which, which Bry um, set up and runs with, with Anne Bromner. Um, and pre-BVNA presidency, um, I took part in quite a lot of um, evidence-based uh, research and campaigning against the ineffective and failing Badger um, As such, there was lots of parliamentary meetings uh, and protests as well. Um, that I attended uh, with these, this, uh, with a group of, of vets and nurses, called Vets and Nurses Against the Badger now, This is and
0: Mr. Ian McGill here in the background, I think. Ian McGill
2: lurking in the background, yep. absolutely, heads it all up. Um, sadly, presidential duties come first and political views have to be put to one side. Um, however political views never actually go away Um, you you just have other things to to be dealing with so uh, those that know me know that if I get in a bonnet and uh, you know I I will be that voice of the voiceless and however I do like to think I'm always pragmatic and it is evidence-based and well researched I'm not just shouty for shouty's sake Um, and yes
1: to our our American uh, cousins listening in to the show or, or watching us, um, uh, at the moment we have this horrific thing going on. This this sort of uh, middle-aged uh, witch hunt, whereby badgers, uh, Britain's largest uh, predator, is is being they're being hunted down. They're being shot to uh, to try and curb the spread of bovine tuberculosis. This despite the fact that it's been shown by pretty much every study that culling badgers does not have a long-term effect on, on reducing uh, badger uh, bovine t- tuberculosis. In, in fact, uh, it increases the range and spread of bovine tuberculosis in most studies. Uh, it's, it's barbaric, it's inhumane and in a an era where we're losing so many wonderful animals because we can't keep the fucking planet safe. We are deliberately going out and shooting these wonderful creatures. Uh, Mike and I got quite emotional a few months back over this subject and I think we will again if we're not careful but please anyone who's listening and can exert a little bit of pressure just say it's not working, stop it. Oh And Mike's got someone on the phone now. Mike is on the phone Johnson, saying, "Okay, okay, I'll I'll stop it now. I didn't realise there was no evidence. Uh, I always contact uh, Sage to ask them for information. (laughs) On this occasion, in this occasion alone, they appear to have given me incorrect or out of date information. So I'll I'll very much change that. Thank thank you for, for, uh, for letting me know." So. Thanks, Boris, for, for stopping the badger call. Uh,
0: that was MI5 saying that Veterinary Ramblings beginning to tread very closely to um, <laughs> to extreme <laughs> extreme political views that are not held by Defra or the UK government. Absolutely. Sorry, for, sorry for the phone call. That was the second one they've
2: had this evening. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And the bv are putting a big caveat that, that, that uh, Joe Hind is not representing their views right now either. So, um, <laughs> I think the other thing that, that really frustrates me about the badger cull um, is the fact that it is just that carrot of shame given to the farmers. These farmers need help. They need yeah. assistance. They need guidance. And they need tools that work and things that actually make a difference. And the cull is costing them money, it's costing their livelihoods, and some of them it's costing them their lives. Um, and we as a nation are failing them um, by using methods that that are not going to cure the problem. So, so as much as it's about the, the cute, fluffy, endangered creatures... Um, for me also it's the, it's the human impact um let alone the herd impact of what they have to go through but but the human impact of, of how this um you know that this tears their lives apart and, and there are there are better ways there are other ways and it's been proven by the gatcom farm project uh do look it up if you're able to again um through uh through the save me trust and 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 um and brian may's work so yes mm-hmm. dr That's dick very, sibley
0: a very, very good point very well made that joe um in that uh it's very easy to demonize a whole uh, whole group of people like the farmers and and unfortunately a lot of them are not that knowledgeable or skilled in in biosecurity etc and we we tend these days to jump to these extreme views don't we
2: yeah very much so and it's and um, you know we it doesn't help when when we, ideally, we need the veterinary factions all to come together and sing the same way, but but they're never going to. Um, and, and so it makes guidance quite difficult. Um, yeah, it's a very it's a very difficult and politically sensitive topic, um, however, uh, in my mind anyway if we look at evidence-based medicine and evidence-based research then we've got our our information there on, on what can and does work um and and really that should be pushed through and upheld for this for the sake of everybody and everything um but as you say polarizing views are what the world wants in in these modern kind of days in the last few years really it, it's been more about polarization i feel and and socialization in in general um has become more and more polarized and um yeah it, it, we, we've got ourselves into quite a pickle really I think mm. um and and the lovely veterinary hashtag of be kind just really you know just just it can actually be that simple if you just spend your day going do you know what I'm not going to be an ass. I'm actually just going to be kind and you can uh, still have a bad day and rant mm. and rave and you know kick kick the washing machine it doesn't matter but um, I'm sure washing machine, washing machines lives matter too at some point. But um, you know, just 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 take that take that step back and, and say
1: we're not going to say white goods lives matter. No, no, we're not
0: going. We're
2: not no, there. no, no, absolutely. <laughs> we're,
1: we're not going to get into that that smeg. No. Oh, no, no. Oh. We have a challenge for you, Joe. If oh, uh, if you feel up to it go it's, on is then it going to take a minute
2: oh
0: okay, dokie yeah we've got a thing on the show that we call 60 second cpd this is the challenge i mean are you up for that yeah let's, let's get my clock ready
1: and um
2: going be like the countdown timer do-do, do-do, <laughs> yeah, we, love for to legal do
1: reasons we can't use that
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> other game shows are available. Other
1: right, are available okay here we go then we've, we've got the timer
0: Ready for 60 second CPD with Joe Hind. What are you going to talk about, Joe?
2: I'm going to talk about rabbit nutrition.
0: Rabbit nutrition. Okay, 60 seconds starting now
2: okay so the cornerstone to good rabbit health is good nutrition and it's really important you know what that comprises of so hay is the most important thing and it's the vital part of their diet they should eat a ball of hay at least the same size as their body every single day as well as this they can have some pellets they need to be good quality and extruded pellets and there's only two companies on the market at the moment that provide extruded pellets so look out for those and they need to be very high in crude fiber not beneficial fiber but crude fiber they only need adults only need a a tablespoon of pellets per kilo of ideal weight per day and they can also have some fresh herbs and veggies that's no bigger than a small handful no bigger than the rabbit's own head per day so everything is about that hay and alfalfa is not the devil it has vital calcium in it so pellets made of alfalfa are fine they're not going to cause any damage to healthy rabbits well good
1: And and we're there.
2: There we go. Do
1: you remember when um, a a certain, I won't say the name of the food because I don't want to be sued, but um, it was a man's name, uh, Rabbit. Uh, And uh, it's a mix. Looks like a lovely little mix of food. And he said, um, The the, the time we were all told as vets, that's fine. It's a good food. It's a very well rounded food, but you must make sure they eat the peas and the sweet corn because otherwise, you know. And so we were saying to people, Look, is is he eating more peas Oh, definitely. Oh, <laughs> can you can you take some of the peas out for more of the sweet? I'll try it. Yeah. Ridiculous. It, yeah.
2: It, yeah. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre yeah. the things we do, but we do it to the best of our knowledge at that time. And we do. We do. And it's natural know,
1: for the clients to want to feed something that looks to them nice.
2: Absolutely. And, and you, you know, think, oh, how boring. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, any veterinary professional knows that owners think their their pets get bored with their food um, and uh, they don't. We know they don't. They're just happy to have food. But if we've got someone as you know, we can put our floppy ears and our, and our puppy eyes on and, and get something more yummy, then we're going to push it. Uh, and rabbits are no different, and and they've got an exceptionally sweet tooth. So, yes, they they love all the, all, all the things they shouldn't love. They love, um, but uh, but yeah, we have we have a duty to to keep them well. And as I tend to say in my lectures, is if my parents had never fed me cake, I would be thin. So, <laughs> if you've never had it, you don't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and things are always evolving, you know, it was only probably about five, six, oh, actually, I'm probably kidding myself, probably about 10 years ago now, that the hay and greens diet was the way to go and, and pellets are mm. the devil and you shouldn't have them. And, and it's just simply not true. You, you know, pellets are a vital part of the, the food stuff. They are the vitamin supplement. We cannot mm. provide the, the the whole range of nutrients and in the correct quantities and, and percentages mm. that these rabbits need just through hay and veg alone. Um mm. because a, a wild rabbit has access to the whole supermarket, mm. our domestic rabbits have access to half an aisle with what we give them. Uh, and if we were to try What's and putting it. And if mm. we were to try I or do love an analogy. <laughs> <That's a lot laughs> if, if we were to try and um to to try and and give them all of their, I think it's 26 different nutrients that they need. We'd need to know their RDA for that rabbit at that age, at that weight with whatever comorbidities it's got. And then Mm -hmm. look at that piece of cabbage and say, right, of those twenty-six nutrients, what's in there at what percentage? Then we've got to add that to something else uh, a, a, and do the math to work out what they need for that day. Otherwise, we're under or overfeeding. I mean, yeah. no one's got time for that, even if we could. No. So that, you know, they, they
1: haven't the time for it. They haven't got the the intimate knowledge of the, yeah. of RDA for all these things. So, yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Uh, in the tips. So we, we do the best we can, and I think I think your your encapsulation of that. Subject in sixty seconds is is absolutely incredible. We um, we we are well recognised uh, mainly by just the two of us actually, but we're re- well recognised as, as suppliers of a good quality CPD. And um, and we I think we, we need a certificate, don't we? For that, we do. Yeah, have you got a
0: certificate,
1: Julian? Um, let me have a look. I do actually, just here lovely
2: choice of car there look at that That hey i
1: believe i'm going to be wrong here and someone's going to pick me up and i hope they do i think that's a a jaguar um d type uh but it's it's about 1960s 1950s and that was taken at goodwood during the festival of speed
2: fabulous
1: there's a rabbit there's a a picture of a rabbit there
2: oh but you failed julian he's on his own
1: um, oh. No, I just honed in. There were, there were 50 others. He was. Oh, okay. They're oh, hiding. Rabbit. That's a wild rabbit.
2: I know. Yeah. Fabulous. Can you and, see his little cottontail.
1: And, and look at it. You'll appreciate this because you said one of your other pleasures is trying to find a decent vegan restaurant. Ah. Oh. And so I've, I've got a picture here of red onion being chopped up. <laughs> <laughs> because the vegan meal I made just looked a bit like slops. But there's, there's a lovely picture of red onion, too brilliant and, and the um and the certificate says uh certificate to show we've done it again veterinary ramblings has aced the eclectic cpd oeuvre didn't we do well that's signed him and me mike and julian
2: fabulous so fabulous
1: you download that certificate cricket
2: clap cricket clap yeah down download that certificate
0: and present that to the rcbs as uh certification of yep. completing your CPD.
1: Well, we've we've had the CPD thrust at us, but we've got to we've got to reflect on it.
2: Oh, it's all about the reflection, Julian.
0: It's all about, it's about the reflection. reflection. So 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 Joe, would, would you be kind enough, may I invite you to reflect upon the CPD that uh, we have provided this evening?
2: Gosh, well I think I mean it's been an eclectic mix for sure. Absolutely. I mean, superb delivery from both of the of the hosts. Obviously,
1: <laughs> you're, you're over again beyond back. it. Love <laughs> to get her back. That's brilliant. I love I like that. Very nice. It's yeah, lovely. Yeah. Love but over again, we're just going to reflect. So we're going to, yeah, just just reflect. There.
2: Oh, reflect. oh, oh. Hmm.
1: Hmm. I'm loving yeah. the sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've not had sound effects before on the reflection. <laughs> You're the
0: first part. guest that's uh, done sound effects for us It's
1: brilliant. Oh, though, well. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: good stuff. All good stuff indeed. So, are you going to spoil the whole show with a joke, then, Julian?
1: I'm going. To, I'm going to ruin the whole thing with a joke. And, okay. Um, and we haven't had a rude joke for ages. I thought, I thought I'd do one. Oh.
2: It's That's fine. not my influence in any way, shape, or form. Br- brace yourself, <laughs> Joe. Was,
1: I wanted to do something surgical, but, but fairly lighthearted. But you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't find any any jokes fortunately about sepsis. And please th- don't send us any jokes in about sepsis. It'll be with the height of bad taste.
2: But, <laughs> send them to me, yeah. <laughs> it's about, about this
1: man He goes to the doctor and he says, um he says, I don't know what's wrong, but recently I've I've had severe pain. It it starts Starts on my left side, about, about the, the waist level, and he goes all the way up, round by my shoulders, round the back of the neck, round by my other shoulder, all the way down the other side. It ends up right hand side, round about around the waist level. It's really, really severe pain. And the, and the doctor says, um, Could be a number of things, he says. Um let's examine you. Take your clothes off. So this guy takes his clothes off, and takes his shirt off, and takes his trousers off, and the doctor goes, Whoa. Goodness me, that's a uh, uh, very proud of that, aren't you, sir? He said, "How do you mean?" I said, "That's rather rather large." Or um, your know, you know, fellow down there, oh, thanks very much. You know, well, it's, it's it's, it, I, I think that's the problem. It, it, what, what do you mean? That's what, well, I, think, I think that's the problem. I think, I think, I think it's the weight of that, and it's it's sort of pulling your whole groin area and, and causing this pain. He said, you, you're joking. He said, "No, I think that's what it is. I'll refer you to a specialist. So he sees his specialist and the specialist says, yes, yes, how can I help? He says, well, I'm, I've I, got this pain that starts around at some sort of waist level on my left-hand side and it travels up around by my shoulders, back of my neck, really sharp pain round around, goes back down to the right-hand side and causes a real sort of twinging pain on the right hand side yes yeah, he said yes uh, yeah the doc- doctor thinks it's, it's, it's penile gravitus, doesn't he pop, pop your trousers down let's have a look so he pops your trousers down and, oh goodness me especially yes yes that's that's certainly the problem so well how can i get rid of it because this is it's ruining my life i can't oh, there's pain it's starting again right right around by the the waist and up, and up, and up and by the shoulders and and, uh, he says, yeah, well, I says especially we, we, we're going to have to form a um, a PM amputation. He said, "What? Yeah, say, take the most of it off." He said, "No other way. No, no other way. I'm afraid. No, but but, no, oh, fella, you know, yeah, yeah, chop him off. We'll never look back. It'll be fine." So he books him in. The, the guy you know, needs something. He's in such pain. So he goes in for the surgery and uh, uh, has it done. And he lifts the sheet up afterwards. And, almost all gone
2: gone.
1: and and he's bereft and and, you know a month later he's still he's still feeling very depressed about all this the 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 the, the pain is still there he's wearing loose clothes so nothing's pressing on there but you know the pain's diminished a bit but it's it's still there and he goes to see um uh, a psychologist who says to him uh, you've got low self-esteem because you know you've had this huge, great, you know, tanny wacker, and it's been that has been removed, you know, tiny little thing now. So he said, "Well, what what do I do? Do I need antidepressants?" I say, no, 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 no. You just need to to to, to make yourself feel good. I tell you what, I'll give you the name of my tailor, Savile Road tailor. You go to him, get a new suit. So, yeah you'll feel a new man honestly you'll, 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 you'll say wonderful You'll wander round in the streets and you, you'll, you'll everyone will look at you and say well, what a nice suit and you'll you think well gosh i must be someone it'll, it'll really help so he goes to um he goes to the the tailor and the tailor measures him yeah that's all good yeah there we go inside leg there we go and he says um, which side do you dress sir he said sorry which side do you dress so well but don't know, and he sort of thinks, it's probably changed now, hasn't it? He says, oh, I, I, I don't, does it matter? Oh, yes, he says, if you dress on the wrong side, and an awful pain that starts off on the left, and it goes right up by the back of my shoulder, and right, right around the back of my neck, all the way down to the other side. Very good. <laughs> Very
2: good. Oh, dear, cheers. I thought, I
0: thought you were going to tell a rabbit joke.
1: The, uh, go on, tell us the rabbit joke.
0: What, the one about the rabbit going to the pub? Yeah. He says the barman, I'll have a pint of beer and a toasty, please. The barman says, okay, I'll we'll give you a pint of beer, makes him a cheese toasty. The rabbit drinks the beer, eats the toasty, goes back to the bar and says, pint of beer and a cheese toasty. The barman says, sorry, we've run out of cheese, you'll have to have a ham toasty. Okay, pint of beer and ham toasty. So, gets a ham toasty, drinks the beer, Eats the ham toasty, goes back up to the bar. Pint of beer, ham toasty. Oh, sorry, Mr. Rabbit, but we've run out of ham now. Um, I could do you, I can do you a tuna melt toasty or something like that. Okay, pint of beer, tuna melt toasty. Drinks the beer, eats the toasty. Last orders, please. And the rabbit goes out, trolls out to the front of the front of the pub as if he's gonna leave, and he throws up all over the front door of the pub. And the barman said, You silly Mr. Rabbit. You shouldn't have drunk all that beer. And the rabbit looks up at him and he says, It wasn't the beer, it's because I'm mixing my toasties. Oh. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. dear and on that note definitely get your rabbits vaccinated yeah, absolutely
1: <laughs> do get your rabbits vaccinated have,
0: have your rabbits vaccinated against myxomatosis <laughs> it's not a very pleasant disease is it
2: no yeah, really uh, quite awful
0: I don't know there yeah. we go so have you enjoyed yourself Joe?
2: fabulous it's been really nice thank you it's been uh, great to see you guys because it feels like a very long time since catching up with uh, you thank yeah. you
1: so so much for coming on to uh, to the show tonight and and, uh, and sharing so much with us. Absolutely, and, uh, thank
2: you for having you
0: for me. A it's been a, been a great experience. Thank you very much, Joe. So, so Joe Hind, thank you very much indeed for joining us on Veterinary Ramblings. And remember, if you've enjoyed what you've heard or enjoyed what you've seen, don't forget to click like, follow, and share to all of your friends or anybody else that thinks that they you may you may think will enjoy what we put out and uh, don't forget to subscribe so that we can keep doing what we do. Joe Hind, thank you very much indeed. May your dog go with you.
1: May your dog go with you. Thank you, Joe. May your
2: dog go with you.
0: <laughs> good night. And cut. Thank,
2: thank you. you. So, so yeah, no, no, really good. And, and really nice to actually do something, if that makes sense. This is week well I don't even know what week 24th of September was the last time I was well um, so so it feels like a very long time since yeah. since I, yeah. I've done anything um, and certainly anything career related, veterinary related so, um, so yeah it's, it's really nice to even though it's just rambling on but then again that's kind of what I do anyway so that's, that's my style. lecture style and, that,
1: and that's why we set it up because we found that actually out of our lectures there's, there's probably five minutes to take a message, if, if that. And uh, the rest is is, is rambling, which, which is all good fun. And very much needed, I think, in the world.
2: Brilliant. I like this rambly style of just just being <laughs> yeah. real, I think, and, and just brilliant. being open and honest.
1: Good. So. good. Well, we've enjoyed having you. Th- thank you thank so you. Thank much. Thank you.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Absolutely
0: brilliant. You might need to um, get well soon, eh?
2: Yeah, take care. All right. Take care.
1: Bye. 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 Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. God, what a what a hell of a journey, huh? What a story. Yeah. What
0: a story.